Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Thursday, December the 7th. And welcome to our commentary. Just a few minutes ago, I saw a headline that uh, one of these expert witnesses had uh, had been to that New York trial, that fraud trial against uh, the New York, uh, I guess, the Trump company in New York, and that the expert witness said that there's no evidence of fraud, that nobody was defrauded. And then I also understand that a, an appeals court decided in favor of President Trump on that. I don't know what's going to happen next, but if there's any integrity left in the legal profession, or not the legal profession, but the, the Bar Association in New York, they should come out and call and just tell the attorney general to actually do her job and get out of the business of of, of prosecuting Donald Trump. This is really a disgrace, what we're seeing uh, in New York, where you're targeting one man for the purpose of destroying a man because he's a candidate for president. That's not what justice is about. And it may, maybe it's time for, uh, for the Bar Association in the state of New York to go after the attorney general for complete uh, irresponsibility as, a, uh, as an attorney general. What a farce that trial in New York. And it's uh, you can criticize Donald Trump all you want. You can hate him all you want. But this targeting of an individual by an attorney general, that's not what justice is about. And I, I just hope that this crap comes to an end because it's really poisoning the country. Uh, this kind of weaponization of justice, it's really hurting the country. And again, as I said, you can hate Trump all you want, but I hope you love the country more. And there needs to be this, many of these cases against Trump are purely politically motivated, and they have to, they have to, uh, they have to stop. Well, let me let me begin today by referring you to a post that I have over at the American Thinker. I talk about Argentina and the new president who takes over next week. At least so far, there appears to be uh, sort of a honeymoon period. He's enjoying some popularity, but of course, it's going to get very hard next week. I was talking to. Uh, a friend of mine from Argentina this morning, and he told me that, you know, the, the opposition is already planning strikes and they're planning all kinds of political hit jobs on uh, President Malay. So it's going to get very tough. It's going to get very tough for him down there. But I do think at least in the short run, maybe longer, six months or so, he does enjoy a lot of support from the people of Argentina. And hopefully that's enough to uh, get him through this. But he, he has to do some things quickly. Uh, just to show the people who voted for him that he is a different kind of politician. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on the situation uh, down in Argentina. But check out my my post over at the American Thinker on Thursday morning uh, about a honeymoon. It's called honeymoon for uh, honeymoon in Argentina. That is the title of the of the post. Well, they had a debate last night. What they call a debate, you know. I, Personally, I thought it was pretty bad last night. I didn't really think it was a good performance. Uh, if anybody won the debate, I guess I have to give it to DeSantis because he gave some good answers and he looked uh, in control and he has a record. He has a record as governor of Florida. He has a very good record as governor of Florida. But the other three, honestly, I didn't think did themselves any favor. Governor Christie, who I thought I still think he's a good man. He's a very talented politician, but he is really, his time has passed. He, I, I thought his best shot at the nomination, either president or VP, 
was back in 2016 uh, when he was running for president for the first time. I thought he was a, a good candidate back then. But right now, he's nothing but Trump and Trump and Trump. And all he does is talk about Trump. And I just think that wears, you know, wears him out after a while. You know, people just say, OK, you know, you hate Trump, but we don't. So that means that I, I just, you know, I don't know how much longer he can last. Maybe he can last a long time. But I, his message just isn't uh, clicking with voters. Uh, Nikki Haley, very talented lady, but she's not going to be vice president. Uh, she's not going to get the nomination. But, you know, I think her days are counted. But I thought, you know, I, I think she'd be a good cabinet member in a future administration. But I'm not sure that Trump would want her as a cabinet member. So that pretty much means that it's over for her. Vivek. I thought was funny at times, uh, overly dramatic at others, but he's not going to get the nomination. And at some point in time, I think all this talk about, you know, conspiracies, uh, where's out people, where's me out. So I, I don't see Vivek uh, going very far. And I thought last night he was extremely harsh on Nikki Haley when he called her corrupt Nikki and all that kind of stuff. You know, we can do without that. In the, in the Republican Party. So that leaves DeSantis, who I thought was the best of all four and uh, hopefully the one who survives all of this and goes on uh, to uh, wherever they go. I think uh, Iowa, New Hampshire, and then South Carolina, and then we'll see where we go from here. My guess is that this is not going to go too much further. I mean, this is obviously Donald Trump's nomination. And unless something happens, that's what it's going to be. And the question right now is, who would make a good vice president? I happen to think that DeSantis would make a, a good vice president because he connects uh, with the new generation or the younger generation. He's a governor. He's a successful governor and he's a conservative. But I don't know whether uh, he and Trump can put a ticket together. I hope so for the good of the party, but I'm not sure that uh, they will. But the whole bottom line about these debates is that they're they're getting weird. They're not really moving anything. The political needle, needle doesn't move. And I think the party has pretty much decided that it's going to be Trump. And uh, that's hopefully soon here in the next couple of months, we can all come together and focus on the Democrats because that's what, that's what the problem is. The Democrats are the problem in, in this whole thing. Well, I have a post uh, coming out uh, Friday morning where I'm talking about what's happening in Chicago. You know, you've heard about all these problems with uh, the migra or the migrants and some of the local citizens in Chicago who are complaining that the migrants are taking services. Well, a group of local leaders came out. Uh, I don't know how many, but a group of them came out. Uh, when I said uh, not how many, I don't mean how many in quantity. I mean how many in importance. But several of them came out saying that they were very disenchanted with the mayor and the Democrats, and they were warning the Democrats, that the convention that they're going to have in Chicago in the summer, next summer, could turn into a real problem, that they could start protesting and making life very difficult for Democrats in Chicago. I will tell you this. I'm old enough to remember 1968 when you had a horrible experience in Chicago with these demonstrators and the police and the whole thing seemed chaotic. I think the whole country was watching this thing saying, what in the world is going on? I believe that this could be 10 times worse than uh, 68. 68 was basically about Vietnam. 
But uh, this this migrant situation in Chicago and uh, the new mayor of Chicago and the more radical left wing influence uh, in Chicago, I think the, a, a convention demonstration could really get ugly and that could very well destroy any chance of the Democrat, whoever it is, who wins the nomination to uh, to win the election. That's what happened to Hubert Humphrey back in 1968. He won the nomination. But he went on to win the election because Richard Nixon ran a campaign of law and order, not just Richard Nixon, but George Wallace, the other candidate uh, in the race, the independent candidate on, in the race, also ran a campaign of law and order. So poor Hubert Humphrey was getting it from both the Republican Nixon and the independent uh, Wallace uh, with respect to law and order and the collapse of law and order in the country. And uh, Richard Nixon ended up winning. In fact, between Wallace and Nixon, uh, they got uh, almost 50% of the vote that year, those two. And that was a protest, of course, against uh, the Democrats. So, you know, the Democrats are really, you know, they started out all, as I mentioned in my article, they started out, you know, demagoguing the issue of sanctuary cities. And now that whole issue has exploded in their faces. And now they've got a big problem with their constituencies with respect to, uh, with respect to sanctuary cities and what's happening in their cities and the resources being used for migrants rather than the local people. It is a disaster. That's all I can tell you. Just an absolute disaster for, for the Democrats, a self-inflicted disaster because it was President Biden who opened the border and then it was Democrats who were calling for sanctuary cities or calling themselves sanctuary cities, inviting many of these people to go to their cities. And now it's a total, complete uh, nightmare, to say, to say the least. Well, it's December 7th, and of course, uh, as all of you know, December 7th is another anniversary of Pearl Harbor. It was 82 years ago, so 82. That means that if you were 20 years old in 1941, you're probably not alive right now. There's probably very few men uh, alive today who either remember that day, men and women, who remember that day or obviously who served... Uh, in the war. So this is one of those anniversaries that as time passes, less and less of the people today have a connection to it, at least a direct connection. Hopefully, the fact that uh, some of the sons and daughters of that generation are still around, hopefully they maintain uh, the importance of this day. It was one of the most important days of the 20th century, certainly for the United States and for the war, for the world. And then, of course, it was the beginning of at least the U.S. participation in World War II, a very costly war that ended up, I think, taking over about a half a million American lives and, and so on. It's just a very costly war that, of course, ended uh, with the dropping of, dropping of the atomic bomb in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. But it all started today, 82 years ago, when those bombs uh, fell on, on those ships in Pearl Harbor. And by the way, my favorite movie from that uh, history moment, historical moment, my favorite movie continues to be one called, called Torah, Torah, Torah. It was a, a movie that came out in the early 70s. Uh, it's almost like a documentary, but it is a story. And I love that movie, and they always show that on December 7th. So if you get a chance to watch Torah, 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 I hope, uh, I hope you do, because uh, it is a great movie uh, of some of the events that uh, happened on that day. So we remember Another anniversary of Pearl Harbor, and we salute uh, the bravery of all the men and women who fought for the country in, in World War II. 
Thank you so much. This is uh, Silvio Cantu in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later.